What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast Podcast. Uh, as is currently recording, uh, the NBA season has kicked off. Uh, we'll be coming back to you guys with some NBA content shortly, looking at some teams and stuff. Obviously, uh, the Warriors playing tonight against the Lakers. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Kings, who's your guys' debut game next uh, tomorrow? The Blazers tomorrow. Ooh, that's going to be okay, a good one. Okay. We'll see how Fox does in that matchup. But, um, how we how we doing? We doing well on this Tuesday night? Yeah. Well, chilling, man. I got the dub yesterday in fantasy. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, Troll's running away with the league, but uh, who I'm gonna let run away with is uh, Jose talking about his Cowboys. Uh, we're gonna do a different style today, uh, so just follow along. We'll be talking about our few highlight games of the week, and that begins with Jose uh, with his Cowboys comeback win. Um, very, very high-powered, in, uh, interesting game uh, that led with what Jose can talk about. Yeah, super emotional game. Um, like, just so many big plays happening at once. I mean, obviously, it went to overtime, and we we made a stupid mistake at the end of the game where we didn't take – or we did take a timeout and then went for the field goal anyway. But, I mean, this Cowboys team has – shut down teams when we've needed to shut down teams and we have scored big time touchdowns when we've needed it. I mean, everyone has pretty much been effective. Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, like this Cowboys team is exciting. And I I genuinely believe this is this is our year to to win the Super Bowl. Like if it's not this year, it's not gonna happen. A hundred percent agree. I think like when it comes to being as close of a contender that you guys have been, this is the best year you've had in terms of it. I mean, you guys are scoring 34 points per game, uh, you know, allowing a decent amount, 24, but still your defense has shown much improvement. Um, is it Mike McCarthy? Is it just a player's development? Uh, I think, you know, it's going to be hard. You guys probably should lose Kellen Moore uh, by the end of this next offseason. I think he might have a coaching chance. Who knows? He can take his time. He could take his talents somewhere like LSU uh, make a big name in the SEC, or there's going to be some head coaching jobs uh, going up in the NFL. Yeah. You guys, um, I think you guys are blessed with the fact that, like, in the NFC, like, there is no, like, other, like, clear-cut favorite. I mean, clearly, like, you know, the Rams, you know, uh, Bucks, Packers, but they, even they, like, all have their flaws, and it's just going to be a battle of attrition. Like, who can be the healthiest, honestly? Yeah. Uh, Zeke and Pollard, top three rushing attack. Agreed. Very, very well so. Fair. Very fair. I mean, they combined for 27 carries and like 110 yards. Um, it's probably Ravens, Cowboys, and then like in terms of like Russian committees, right? Ravens, Browns. Cowboys, and then Browns. Browns yeah. went healthy. Yeah. Except this week, Rip. <laughs> but hey, yeah. nothing is bigger of a rushing attack than the man himself, King Henry, which Carson's going to talk about right now. Yeah, beautiful transition. Uh, yeah, my favorite game, Bills Titans. Um, what a way to end the week. Yeah, King Henry. I mean, he led. You know, he's leading all players right now with 170 PPR points. He's making us look really bad for downing him. I mean, there were, were real concerns with just like if he was going to get you know less touches, any work in the passing game. He proven us wrong. Um, the man has 10 touchdowns so far. It's ridiculous. Um, and then another fantasy star, Diggs. You know, he finally had. In his big game, he had, you know, basically 24 points. Um, but the Titans, man, they just got enough out of Tannehill to really just let Derrick Henry just do the rest. I mean, like, 
Yeah, it takes a long time, but like they're just so effective when they get you know Henry going and like whenever Tannehill can just make a few a few passes, a few play action passes. That's all. That's all they need to open it up for Henry to just you know dominate like he did against the Bills. Uh, they had a chance to win this game if you know Allen doesn't slip up at that that fourth and one. But nonetheless, it was a great game. A lot of penalties, but very very exciting and just uh, showing why Derrick Henry is. Uh, I think we can clearly say is probably the best back in the league for sure. Oh, I think the debate ended like at this game. I think there's a yeah. big difference between him and McCaffrey. I was having this argument last night. I mean, you can't argue the point with McCaffrey at this point because he hasn't been available. We've seen one elite season out of him when he was clearly the number one back in the league. And now it's got to the point where, you know, like Kish McCaffrey just has that flair because he's an appealing fancy football option. When it turns in terms of pure back in the league, there's none better than Derrick Henry. Um, I was, people, I was talking to my friends last night. They didn't think that he's a top five back by the end of the season in terms of all time. I'm like, no, I think he's, he's got to be. He's shattering yeah, he's records case. He's so in a pass first bro. league. A pass first league. He's doing this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Ryan Tannehill's been kind of dog shit this season. You guys noticed yeah. that? He went from like one of the top quarterbacks in the AFC mm-hmm. to like Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of stats wise. Yeah. I think Arthur Smith really was the reason why. So it could be, could be so. Yeah, he's doing just enough, I feel like. But yeah, he's definitely regressed from the last couple of years for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he also hasn't had, uh, I mean, he didn't have AJ Julio last week. They've been kind of dealing with stuff. Uh, but it, yeah, it's definitely limited their value as well. But I and no Jonu. No Jonu. So that's yeah, another no big Jonu factor. Yeah. They'll definitely target a receiver this offseason somehow. But. Uh, interesting, interesting game. Uh, one that I thought I decided to put some money on uh, on our bet of the week. Not one of our, our bet of the week, but one of our bets uh, was Chargers money line. They were uh, underdogs in this matchup, and it seemed like it was rightfully so. Uh, the Ravens with a dominating 34 to 6 victory, despite them missing their three best running backs this year, despite them missing Ronnie Stanley, despite them missing Marcus Peters and Derek Wolf. This team is still going out there and showing that they're a real threat here in the AFC going against a team that we think is still a Super Bowl contender. I think we can all agree on that, but it wasn't looking promising. This run game was absolutely shut down by a stout Ravens front. Um, Austin Eckler, who seems well on his way to a top finish, uh, at least in fantasy wise, and even in rushing wise, the way it's been this season was held to six carries for seven yards with Justin Herbert being their lead rusher with 12 yards only. Um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were both very limited this game. Um, and just looking at the Ravens side, it wasn't even that great of a game from Lamar Jackson, you know, 19 of 27, uh, with a 61.9 QBR, uh, one TD, two interceptions. Um, just not, not, the thing that was crazy that we had these three backs that if you look back a couple years ago, back when they were all in their primes, not, it seems like just five years ago, this would have been one of the feared rushing attacks in the league. You've got Devontae Freeman, a former um, NFL rushing leader. you got Le'Veon Bell, perhaps one of the most dynamic running backs of the last decade. And um, Latavius Murray, who's always been a solid backup option, all getting into the end zone. And one of my favorite things, I think, in terms of fantasy options, as we saw the debut of Rashad Bateman, uh, the wide receiver out of uh, – where did he come from? Uh, oh, Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. I knew yeah, it was an M. <laughs> I know. I was about to say Maryland, but I was like, no, that's Stephon Diggs. 
Um, yeah. But no, Rashad Bateman, six targets on the team, was tied for Mark Andrews. I think it's going to be an interesting guy on this team going forward. Uh, if you want a guy with a high upside, I think he's going to be that guy. Um, it might limit Marquise Brown. As we see in this game, Marquise Brown was held. Uh, it's just 7.5 fantasy points. But otherwise, mm-hmm. um, you know, nothing really else too crazy. Uh, Kaiser White, uh, emerging linebacker on these Chargers, got two picks against Lamar. But uh, you guys have anything else to add? One was not his fault, though. One one definitely was not. It was like a drop. But he did have a pretty bonehead pick. Like, Because Lamar was fantastic besides this one really, really terrible pick he had. But, mm. yeah. I mean, we were talking about the Chargers, like – you know, this was, you know, the start of their Super Bowl window. They're starting to really become contenders. And then they come and stink it up like this. I mean, it just shows that th- this team is still not young, but, like, it's early for this team, you know. Like, this Ravens team has been there, been at the highest level, been to the AFC Championship. Uh, and, you know, they, they've, they've done it. The Chargers, they've still got to prove themselves. This was their chance. And, I mean, they kind of blew it. But the Ravens, the Ravens, they're, they're battling despite all the injuries. I think, like, this is they're, – they're looking good. This is their good, a good outlook for them towards the rest of the season because no matter, you know, all the injuries, they're still performing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think – go ahead, Carson. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, yeah, it was looking a lot like the Ravens were kind of going to have, like, a 49ers season from last year where just, you know, a ton of injuries pile up, you know, early in the season. They're not able to recover. But – they're proving they're proving that wrong. I mean, they're five and one, and it's just a really good, you know, uh, gauge of kind of the power structure in the in the AFC with the Ravens just, you know, really killing the Chargers. They just really couldn't get anything going. So yeah, it's a great win. I, I'm I'm shocked that they're they're five and one, but I'm I'm happy. It's just a testament to their their depth and their coaching that they're still five and one, even though they've had a lot of key players just you know decimated by injuries. Yeah. yeah, I think we got to consider Coach Harbaugh as a guy that can be, you know, a candidate for uh, Coach of the Year, the way this team is looking. Sure. But, you know, talking about awards, a guy who's been dominating on the defense side of the ball has been Trevon Diggs this season, uh, was able to bring in his seventh pick. And uh, we're going to do a no segment talking about our biggest questions coming out from this week. Obviously, Trevon Diggs continues his streak six straight games with an interception as he was able to pick off um, – Mac Jones, take it all the way to the house uh, before unfortunately letting up a Kendrick Bourne touchdown on the next play. But Jose's got an interesting question, uh, a big uh, topic in the sports community, especially in the NFL, uh, about what you want to do for your corner. So, Jose, take it away. Yeah, so uh, I think up until last night, Trayvon Diggs had the same amount of touchdowns this season as Stephon Diggs. Uh, but the question for this week is, would you rather have a corner – that gets a ton of picks but gives up big plays or quietly locks up the opponent's best receiver and never gets any pass breakups or ins. So basically they just he just he eliminates the other best receiver. They don't target him at all. So basically I mean, like the comparison here would be Trayvon versus like a Jair slash Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I think it kind of looks at let's I think a perfect analysis is look at the Baltimore Ravens when healthy. They got a guy that's a gambler, Marcus Peters, and they have a guy that's one of the best lockdown corners in the league in Marlon Humphrey. Who do you hear about the most? I mean, Marcus Peters seems like he's always in the media when he's going out there. He's getting an interception or stuff. He's kind of toned down his sort of play. But, I mean, quite, I mean, it's hard to make the Marlon Humphrey comparison because, like, Marlon Humphrey led the league in, like, forced fumbles, I think, last season. But I think 
when it comes down to it, if you have a guy that can, you know, maybe not is the level of Marlon Humphrey, but just a little, like a, like a tier or two below that can still go up against those guys. And you have a guy like a Trevon Diggs, you have a guy like a Marcus Peters that can make the home run play. The home run play changes the entire trajectory of the game and gives that momentum to your team. So um, I think based on the, the structure of your team, I think getting a guy like a Trevon Diggs is important to your offense uh, more than it even might be to your defense at times. Yeah, I think it also just depends on, like, the kind of team you have. Like, I think it, you know, works for the Cowboys because, like, you know, it's such a great momentum shift when you're able to get a, a big-time interception like that. That And, you know, when you have an offense like the Cowboys, they're almost always, you know, going to capitalize off a turnover. Whereas I think, you know, like a team like the Browns that, you know, might take a really long time to score or something like that, it might not be best suited, you know, for them to, you know, be giving up these big plays because it's going to take them a while to – you know, kind of answer that, you know, so it just kind of depends on the, what, what you really want. Are you looking for momentum? But I personally, I think I'd rather have someone that quietly locks up because like, then you're not, you're not giving up any of the big plays, even though you might get a, a pick or two and, you know, shift the momentum. It's like, you know, you're shutting down a massive part of, I mean, look at like the Patriots, they were so great, you know, all those years because, you know, they always took away like your best option. Like they, like they always took away like your top target. And I think that's, like over a period of time, I think I'd rather have that than, you know, the big plays and, and also big time interceptions. Yeah. I mean, to, to an extent, I think quietly locking up the best receiver is huge, but when you're facing a team like the Cowboys or, you know, like the Chargers who have a ton of weapons, you know, locking up their, their most targeted guy. I mean, they'll just beat you with, they'll just beat you a different way. Like, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people have been saying, you know, the Cowboys all they do is run the ball. The Cowboys, all they do is, you know, throw plants to CD, throw whatever to Coop. It's like we've just been beating teams however we have been able to beat teams. Like if they try to shut down the run game, okay, we'll beat you there or, you know, we'll beat you however you allow us to beat you. Um, and I think and I think that's, you know, a true testament of like a real championship team. Like how, how many different ways can they win this game? Yeah. I think defense goes to show for that. Yeah, and there's no one better else at beating you uh, than Derrick Henry when it comes to hitting the line of scrimmage. And that gives me perfect into our next question. Uh, I'm bringing this question, honestly, after his huge uh, Monday night performance, which crushed my betting hopes, uh, bringing us to a a four-and-four week on betting. We'll take it, though. We'll take it, though. Uh, Solid week overall. But um, Derrick Henry seems like he's on his way. Uh, I was looking at his projections today in class. Uh, well over a 2,000 yards. I think his ESPN projection has him at 2,100 uh, with 23 rushing touchdowns. Uh, an insane season from a guy uh, that just seems like he's built in a lab. You don't have that kind of elite speed and that elite power in a running back. You don't see that much. You see a guy like a Jamal Charles or LaShawn Le- Le- McCoy that's kind of a shady, uh, a shifty guy that can get around people. Or you see a guy like Jerome Bettis who's just going to run you over. But he's the mix of both those guys. And I'm asking this question today. Uh, I've been asking uh, some of my friends around this question. If Derrick Henry, he goes off again for another 2,000 yards, he brings in 20 touchdowns. And at 4-2 and two right now, the Titans could possibly be well on their way uh, to a top seed in the AFC East if they keep this up within, without rewarding too many injuries. If they have a top three seed in the AFC, uh, does this overall accomplishment from Derrick Henry deserve him a real MVP conversation? I mean – being a real finalist, 
not just offensive player of the year, like it's putting himself up there in that Kyler Murray, uh, you know, Josh Allen, um, Tom Brady role. What do you guys have to say to that? Yes, 100%. Also got the Lamar in there. I, to me, I think it really should be like Lamar, Kyler, however you, however you want to put it. And then really like Henry third, because I mean, to be fair, he's in a pretty weak division. I mean, the AFC South is, it's pretty garbage. I mean, the Colts, Texans, Jaguars. So, you know, like, I mean, you're able to rack up wins and potentially get the top three seed. But I mean, you know, with Arthur Smith gone, their receivers have been banged up, you know, periodically throughout the season. Their defense is, you know, really kind of atrocious almost. They're, they're pretty, pretty bad defense for the most part. And like, he's really like the team's heart. And so like he is single-handedly, you know, really, I mean, we already talked about Tannehill earlier, hasn't been playing up to, you know, the way he's been playing the last couple of seasons, but just single-handedly just like leading this team. And yeah, I think that top three seed maybe might need like a top two, but like top three definitely would consider him like at least in like the top five, if not, you know, third right behind, you know, Lamar and Kyler for sure. So I think hundred percent. Yes. Jose. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. Uh, for it to go to a running back. I mean, when was the last time we saw it go to a running back? Was it AP? Adrian Pearson. Yeah. 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 Who, I mean, had pretty, I mean, what, pretty similar stats to what he's projected. So, I mean, if he ends up with that. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got to get double digit touchdowns, which he already has. He already <laughs> he's got has. to get close to like, like 20 range. Like he's, I don't know if he has to hit 20, but if he hits 20 and he gets, and he gets 2000 rushing yards, like. Yeah. It's it's really hard to not at least put him in the top three, but because it's pretty much a QB award, it's like there's always going to be at least two or three QBs that you're like, okay, well, I mean, they had an amazing season, so by default, it should go to the QB yeah. uh, over the running back. So the, that's where it gets tough, but he's definitely having, you know, a dominant MVP season for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lamar I and like, Kyler are still too – they're too far ahead, I think. But well, definitely uh, should be considered. I was just going to say, I feel like Lamar and Kyler, just with Lamar's situation and Kyler being atop of the hardest division in football uh, really does give them an edge. But another running back uh, that, again, he's the second-place guy at this point. You know, he just hasn't been healthy, like I mentioned earlier, is Christian McCaffrey. And uh, his team uh, seems to have fallen off a little bit, it looks to be, maybe – Maybe um, after a three, no starts the season and Matt rule and Joe Brady looking like some masterpieces out there. Um, the Panthers have lost their last three games, including an overtime loss uh, this uh, Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings where former Miami receiver KJ Osborne ended them on a game winning touchdown, uh, which brings into question what Carson has here for TA. Yeah. Um, you know, Panthers, a team we're all really, really high on coming in. We've been praising them. You know, they went to start out 3-0, and then, yeah, they've lost three cents. I mean, um, you know, defense has, you know, not been playing as, as well as they have. I mean, they're giving up 36 to the Cowboys. You know, that Eagles game, you know, that was really – that one was really tough. I think these last two games, you know, to be fair, very winnable, but they just couldn't close it out. I mean, they, they couldn't close out the Eagles, you know, couldn't close out the Vikings. So the Vikings are even – probably even worse at closing out games than the, uh, than the Panthers. So – yeah, it's definitely tough. I think they're proving, you know, what we all thought that, you know, they could potentially be a wild card, but still not a serious contender. I think they're just kind of proving us right in that aspect. But, you know, they have the Giants, Falcons, Patriots coming up. I think, you know, three pretty you know, Patriots better than the other two, but some some lower level teams that they should 
should be able to at least go two and one out of that and then, uh, you know, be five and four. But yeah, it, it's tough because we were really, really high on the Panthers and they, they lost two games that if they were really serious contenders, they should have won against the Vikings and the Eagles for sure. Cowboys will let that slide because they're legit, but yeah, just losing these last two games and the fashion that it did is super tough. And I think I, I'm interested to see how they respond in these next, you know, three, four weeks after that. Yeah. To be fair, I think we did overhype them a little bit just because they were so hot. But look, I mean, looking at who they played, they beat the Texans. They beat the Saints, who are really polarizing, and they beat the Jets, Jets yeah. uh, before losing to the Cowboys. And then they got Stephon Gilmore. So we were like, oh, shit, like this Panthers team, you know, they're about to take off. Because, I mean, they lost to us by by eight. So, I mean, they maybe could have won that. Yeah. You guys, you they guys were down big game. most of the game. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I think that Eagles is probably the toughest loss. That's The Eagles are bad, though. And they were up, too, which really sucks. Yeah. But yeah. I think we got to realize how important Christian McCaffrey is in this offense. I mean, just like a guy like Derrick Henry, uh, I think they both provide value that's really similar. The, uh, Christian McCaffrey is a guy that puts over 100 yards from scrimmage like it's clockwork. I feel like uh, there's if he doesn't put up 100 yards from scrimmage, I'm kind of concerned. Like 150 seems like what he's always at. Um, yeah. His value brings the offense as good as DJ Moore has been this season. Uh, you know, it's hard when a guy like Robbie Anderson hasn't been putting up numbers that you were expecting. You don't have a lot of production coming from that tight end position. You know, they just got rid of their starting tight end, Dan Arnold, to the Cardinals and replacing him with a young tight end from Notre Dame and Tommy Tremble. It's going to be hard for them to get that position. You know, Greg Olson was so vital in a reason why they made those uh, that Super Bowl back when Cam Newton was in his MVP season because you can have that guy as a security blanket when a guy like DJ Moore has to play that role, it really hurts, you know, hinders their ability on offense when you can have Chris McCaffrey be that guy that you check it down to, you know, in the old school Kamara role, it seems at this point, the way he's been playing this year. Um, I think when they get McCaffrey back, I think it's going to start to look a lot more like uh, this team that we saw from the first uh, three games of the season. Yeah. I mean, they gave up almost 600 yards against the Vikings and, you know, the Vikings are a very competent, very good offense, but like, damn, like almost damn. 600 yards. Yeah. And um, Darnold has been really bad. Like, Dar I mean, he wasn't necessarily great in those first three wins, but he's like been playing, like seeing ghost Sam Darnold. Yeah. Last yeah. Weeks. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but no, I'm just going to go, go through these top fancy performer, form, performers and failures real quick before we head into a week, week seven outlook. Uh, Lamar and Justin Herbert, but both putting up less than 12 points uh, in that game that we talked about earlier. Uh, again, Austin Eckler did not put up that RB2 numbers, uh, less than 10 points. Kareem Hunt, a guy that, Jose, you were able to get uh, get it away in a trade, right? Yeah, I traded him for Terry McLaurin, who was also dog shit this week. Yeah, but Hunt uh, is put up 10.8 and got injured. Uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, a guy that's going to be on our list later uh, to, uh, later in this episode. Najee Harris, 24.7 points in that game against the Seahawks. Khalil Herbert replacing Damian Williams and David Montgomery, a six-round rookie, putting up nearly 20 points. Darrell Williams, uh, we were talking about this before we started the podcast. Is he nope. going to start taking a lot more snaps from Clyde Edwards-Alaire the way he was playing this week? Yeah, if it keeps it up, yep. Yeah, they're definitely going to a committee. I don't think when Clyde comes back, they're just going to give him all the snaps back. There's no way. Mm -hmm. 
but um, Donovan Peoples-Jones putting up 26.1, uh, the, the second-year player out of Michigan. Jalen Waddell, 29 points in that game in London. Uh, Devontae Adams putting up 13 points. Uh, expect a lot more from a guy like him. DJ Moore putting up 10.9 points to the top 10 wide receiver. Another top 10 wide receiver, Marquise Brown with seven and a half. Dawson Knox with a seven and a half. And OJ Howard with a shocking performance at the tight end position with 17 points, which leads us straight into our week seven outlook. Uh, talking about some waiver wire pickups to look at uh, for this next upcoming week. Yeah, dude, Dearness Johnson, uh, probably going to get bell cow work. Actually, like, I have a feeling this is game is just going to go really badly for the Browns uh, because, I mean, Baker's banged up. The no hunt, no chub, no OBJ, I don't think. No Jarvis Landry either, I don't think. You can't even read the injury report in the time that we have today. <laughs> Who are they uh, oh, playing the Broncos? Yeah, I'm really intrigued because, I mean, <clears throat> Broncos are frisky, you know, but with all this, these injuries, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to say starting, but he's definitely a top priority pickup. Uh, next up is J.D. McKissick. Only owned in 55% of leagues for some reason. Like, he's been kind of Crazy. good this year, as a, at least like a flex. James uh, White, and, that's what he is. Yeah, yeah. Gibson Gibson has his concerns. So, J.D. JD needs to be picked up if he hasn't been. That um, RB committee is really confusing. Like, I, it's week to week just so random. Yeah. It's because uh, yeah. Gibson's got a shin injury he's been dealing with is what makes things interesting. Yeah. yeah. Matty Ice, I think he's owned in like 32% of leagues or something. Top 10 um, Matty, babe. <laughs> got a great matchup this week. Uh, and then Darnell Mooney, 53% of league ownership. And it looks like he's Justin Fields' guy. It's definitely not fucking Allen Robinson, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Darnell Mooney, has he's gotten the – the touchdowns, he's gotten the targets. He needs to be picked up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on again to week seven, uh, a game that I think is going to be extremely telling in the AFC North. We get the Ravens going up against the Bengals. The Bengals coming off and dominating 34, uh, I believe, to like 11 or something victory. Was that what it was? 34, uh, yeah, 11 victory over the Lions. Uh, yeah. We saw Jim <laughs> Chase uh, doing the blocking that the they Lions. were eating. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be extremely telling uh, to see how the Bengals play in this divisional matchup. We saw how the Ravens completely dismantled the Chargers, but the Bengals currently sit in second place in the AFC North. I think a huge surprise to all of us that they're doing better than some of those teams below them. But, you know, if the Bengals can even just keep it within a one, you know, just a 10 point, one score, 10 point game, I think it's really telling for how good the Bengals uh we got to know how they be because if they get washed out, it's going to be a little bit more interesting out there in the AFC North. Um, Cause if the Bengals somehow pulls up and off, they're going to deserve a lot of respect and we might have to start looking at them as a playoff team. But yeah, hundred uh, percent. Speaking of playoff implications, Carson's got another game to look at here. Yeah, man, the Niners Colts. I mean, you know, two teams that are, are really hard to bet for and bet against because, you know, we know that they have the talent to, you know, potentially maybe beat anyone that just, you know, they're banged up. They they have a ton of concerns, but real fork in the road moment for the Niners, you know, like the Colts, uh, this is a team, <clears throat> excuse me, that like you have to be, especially in the how tough your division is and, you know, how, you know, close together the NFC is. Like if, if the Niners are really serious about, you know, 
actually getting a playoff spot. Um, you know, you got to win this game, especially it's at home to prime time. Um, you know, I think, I think Jimmy G is going to end up starting. I think he's healthy now. I think they're going to go to him. Um, you know, regardless of who's starting, you know, this is a, I think a, a pretty crucial, uh, a crucial win really for both teams. I mean, if the Colts, you know, the, the Colts probably fall out of contention if they lose this one, but definitely for the Niners for sure um, have to win this game. I think uh, our boys, our, our boys, Indy and, and then Sahib, I think are both going to this game. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, cheese. The trash talking is going to be crazy. It's going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, the one cold fan in the world, but. I think the one cold fan. I think Andrew's also going to that game. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, Chiefs are getting Chiefs are getting the test next week against the Titans. But we'll see what they can do against this this Titans run defense. I mean, run offense, because <laughs> looks like nobody nobody can stop that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Chiefs lose. Holy shoot, that looks bad. Yeah. That yeah. it's good. They're gonna be fine for a wild card if they lose this game. Yeah, yep. it's gonna be looking like the Padres. <laughs> Sheesh. Hey, uh, Low blow. But hey, time to look at our fancy team of the week. Brought to you by King Vaughn at wide receiver, uh, number one quarterback. RP. We got Josh Allen with twenty eight point seven points in that win. Uh, actually, no, his loss versus the Titans. Uh, quarterback below thirty points is our QB one. Just kind of looks ugly to me. But uh, yeah, Derrick Henry. Three touchdown, man, the king himself, 35.6. Lenny Fournette in that Thursday night matchup we didn't even touch on, uh, 30.7 points against the Eagles. Sidarius Lamb, 37.6. Cooper Cup finding the end zone twice in that dominating performance against the Giants, 34 points. Noah Fant, I didn't even know he finished his tight end one. Uh, I would have been surprised he put up like 11 points this week, but 24.7 points for Noah Fant. and who did they play? They played the Raiders? Raiders. Yeah, Raiders, Raiders. yeah. Raiders. Yeah. Adam Thielen, uh, the man himself, seems like he always got the juice, 29.8 points in that win versus the Carolina Panthers in OT. Rams defense dominating over Daniel Jones. I think that man had negative fantasy points this week. And the sophomore engineer, Matthew Wright, with his bend it like Beckham kick to send the Jacksonville Jaguars to their first win. Uh, in London, in their first win of the season, uh, can they win Dude, in America? Dude, their first though? win in like I think like twenty games since that games? Col- since the Colts game week one of last year. God <laughs> damn! But hey, Jaguars have to prove they can do it in America, and with a twenty a two hundred and fifty one point <laughs> six total, that is your fantasy team of the week. That's forty points lower than last week. Uh, it's just not a lot of offense. We didn't see a Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams go crazy this week. So, that's hey, but Cup and Henry have been staples. They, uh, they've been staples in the game. And Josh but, Allen. Yeah, Josh yeah. Allen, too. Respectfully balling, respectfully balling. But hey, hope you guys like the new format for this week. If you guys liked it, drop a comment down below. Make sure to like, subscribe. Got some more content coming at you. Going to be looking at the MLB playoffs. Go, Braves. We gonna have Go a World Series prediction coming up soon. So uh, we know, is it gonna be Braves and Red Sox? We can have an. I'd be down for that. We are all down for that. But hey, without further ado, this has been Coast to Coast Podcast. As usual, signing out. Peace.